What is murder for 100, Celeste? God damn, this corpse smells great. Swing your partner round and round. Welcome to Unethical Podcast. That's how this episode's going to start. Cool. (laughs) (laughs) Shit. No, Richard. Don't do it. Please, no. No, I was just telling you the one I'm working on next. I don't know if you guys even want to listen to that trash, but we're doing it. (laughs) Maybe I should. uh, You made us a promise. And you're fulfilling that promise. (laughs) I'm ready. Never let the hedgehog die. Oh my god, don't jack it off. <laughs> um, oh. Speaking of the hedgehog, Christian, uh, updates on that, eh? Like, he's been going to court and stuff? It's time. It's it's one year. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah. I'm keeping an eye on it. There's nothing really of substance yet to do an update, but I assume... Oh, no, come. for sure. I'm just saying, it's coming. It's go like it's going on right now. Everyone's... A lot of the true crime world's talking about it. <laughs> I did find out that he has like a proxy that he is making Sonichu medallions in the mental ward or wherever the fuck. And he's sending them to this proxy and this proxy is selling them or her selling them on her behalf. You can actually buy authentic Tris Chan medallions on Etsy. That's how she makes money for her commissary or like whatever that they need money for. Is he making them in a toilet or is she's making them for him? Like Chris Chan is making them and sending them to the proxy that's selling them on Etsy, and then the proxy is giving the money to Chris Chan, so you can actually buy them. But like, how is what is he making it out of? They're giving him plaster of Paris. Like, what is he making it out of? He's in like he's in like a a institution. They give him Crayola Mono Magic. Apparently, (laughs) he's like he's like she's like or they are like I just had to do this. I I just had to go to fucking. The mental institution the whole time. I have all the supplies I need. I don't have to see <laughs> parents anymore. What a fucking... <laughs> exactly. I don't know what she's going to make them out of in prison if that's where she goes. Yeah. That's a good question. Uh, toilet paper. Stripes. I was going to say, she could buy pipe and mash eye. <laughs> pipe and mash eye with toilet pipe. <laughs> oh yeah. my gosh. Fermented taint pus. <laughs> Oh, well, that was the grossest thing I ever said. <laughs> There's the title of the fucking episode. Oh, oh God, no, not for this one. Yeah. Later, that'll yeah. be the update episode. <laughs> this yeah, one has nope. nothing to do with fermented tape puzz. I promise. Thank I just, God. I find it crazy that we, I don't know, Gets keeps talking about how we live in a simulation, but like Christian, never heard of Christian, never heard of them before. And then now it's fucking everywhere. It's nuts. I hear it on every podcast. So like, I don't know, man. I don't know about the simulation thing. I think that was thing. because uh, like literally like two weeks after we started ours, last podcast on the left dropped one about Chris Chan. Chris Chan. <laughs> I just thought that was weird. I started seeing all these Chris Chan posts like a week, two weeks after we dropped the first or second episode. 
And I was like, what the hell? And then they were like, yeah, the boys were talking about Chris Chan. And I was like, no fucking way. Yeah, Come for on. Sure. For sure. Uh, Henry talked about how he watched the whole thing that you watched. Like he sat down and watched the 80 hours of the fucking thing. Like that's nuts. It's still going, man. They just released part 63. <laughs> Anyways, fucking enough, Chris Chan. Goddamn Chris Chan. Date of my existence. You'll never get rid of the chancer. <laughs> no. It's inside you. It's forever. Oh God. Don't say Chris Chan is inside me ever again. <laughs> oh, oh, oh. <laughs> oh God. Sorry. The smell. Imagine the smell. No. I don't want to imagine well, it. Well, you started this whole thing. You started this. I did not. Celeste was the one that said taint pass. That wasn't the beginning. <laughs> I did start it, though, when I talked about No, Richard I started did. I it. started I started it for sure. But she started saying he's inside me, so I went gross. <laughs> Fair enough. There are literally uh, no segues here, so. Um, not. Oh, okay, good. You thought Chris Chan was applicable to all. Apparently not this. Yeah, wow. No, okay. no segue. In that okay, so you made me get the the twins. Is that a good segue? Twins, yeah, yeah. Okay, so this tale actually has nothing to do with twins at oh. all. Well, I have terrifying twins over my shoulders for nothing. Then, thank you. No, you'll see. You'll okay, see. okay. <laughs> We're headed back to the eighteen hundreds to start. Yay! Yay! Richard's favorite time. If anybody listens to Private Dicks, and if you don't listen to Private Dicks, why? Go listen to Private Dicks. You definitely should. Great review. Smash that like button. All right. So I don't think I'll just jump into why everybody thinks this case is interesting. I think I'll let you figure that out on your own. Okay. Um, Let's just assume that this is an ethical podcast and we never put on a bad show, except for that one time. We all know which time that we're talking about. (laughs) Sorry, it's my fault. I still feel guilt about it. You weren't even there for that, the one that I'm thinking of. Have we put on oh, two bad shows? I was talking about the one where I erased the fucking whole episode. We had to go so, live. But it wasn't a bad show. It was just nobody liked us yet. So nobody came to the live episode. I got you. I didn't say, I didn't, sorry. I meant like I fucked up an episode. Not that that was bad. Oh, we've all fucked up an episode, man. Serial killer trivia. It took me over six months to get that fucker <laughs> out. I forgot about that. Okay. So it's just the three of us today. Which hasn't been in a long time. Mm-hmm. Yay! I mean, I like the guests, but yay! I get girl time. <laughs> girl time. <laughs> you should have seen Celeste's <laughs> face, everyone, when I said that. It was a mixture of confused and disgusted. It was great. <laughs> Look, at least you're not afraid of your feminine side, Richard. That's yeah. very manly of you. Yeah. Unleash. Sick. Unleash your unbirthable vagina with us, Richard. <laughs> I hate it. I hate it so much. The smell. <laughs> oh. Oh, wow. <laughs> All right. Um, well, we're going to talk about a little lady who had a birthable vagina. 20-year-old Mary Ashford is the subject of this story. She was born in 1797 or possibly 1796. No one seems to really agree on that. And she had always lived in the Erdington area of England. So modern-day Erdington is a small suburb of Birmingham and has always been a popular midway point between Chester and London. And fun fact that Richard might care about, John Oliver is from Erdington. Oh, I do care about that. Uh, But I don't care for the name Erdington. Like, why do British town names sound like it's like smells gross? 
You know what I mean? Like Erdington just smells like a shitty smelling town. <laughs> Monday, May 27th, 1817. Mary was living and working for her uncle. He was a farmer. She kept the house. She sold his products at the market, which was seven miles away from her home. So she walked to and from market on like a daily basis to sell the products, which is, God damn it, that sounds hard. 14 uh, miles a day to get to work. Life back then, it was so shitty. Like, we have it so good. Anybody who complains, well, like, my bus is late. Shut the fuck up. You'd have to walk 14 kilometers to sell knickknacks. Shut up. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, it's it's cra- like the amount of shit that happens in one day in this story, considering she walked 14 miles to and from work during this day is nuts mm-hmm. to me. Like this nowadays sounds like it should take like a week. I need to know how far that is in kilometers because I can't. It's, it's about 20, I would assume. This is hilarious that we're all sitting here. Confirm the kilometerage. 11 kilometers is uh, seven miles is 11 kilometers. So 22 miles. Yeah, she's walking 22 kilometers a day. That's far. That's far. Yes. That's a lot. It's Mm. too much. Way too much. Mary had at least two siblings, a sister and a brother, who lived in the village of Erdington. And it was just a village at the time. Now it's more of a suburb, like I mentioned. Uh, And her parents lived there as well. So that day, May 27th, she went early in the morning to her parents' house to collect her nicest dress. Because her and a friend were going to go to an event that evening. Her friend's name was Hannah Cox. And after collecting the dress, she went to Hannah's house to drop the dress off before heading to market to sell dairy products for her uncle. So like I said, she walked to her parents' house and then to her friend's house and then to market. And that's that right there has got to be like 30 kilometers just doing that. Yeah. Yeah, they didn't have phones to distract them, though. They were like fucking eye on the prize, you know, walk as fast as I can because I got no entertainment in between here and there. I'm taking away like uh, how long it is. Like I'm not trying to discount how far 22 kilometers is, but I mean, if you're fucking walking that much every day, you must just be speed walking, you know, like you must yeah. be just giving her it must not take that long. If you're used to doing it every day is what I'm saying. Yeah. Cause you'd be so fucking bored. You'd just be like, gotta get there. Yeah. Go, yeah. go, go, go. You ever seen speed walking <laughs> in the Olympics? Ridiculous. Yes. <laughs> so ridiculous. <laughs> what are you talking about? Oh. I love it. I got to go to Erdington. <laughs> i wish the listeners could see you right now doing speed walking in your chair join patreon for uh unedited video uh versions of our episodes there's all sorts of stupid things we do <laughs> that you don't know yeah christy's most of the time saying like giving us the finger and stuff you don't even know she sounds <laughs> nice you should see all the swastikas yeah her whole face is yeah. covered in them <laughs> tattoos. i have full face tattoos yeah yeah um okay so after work mary walks the seven miles 11 kilometers back to hannah's house where the two young ladies get dolled up together for the wit sun tie dance at a public house called the three tons or tyburn house as it was known locally so again she walks 14 miles and then i don't know like they don't shower that often so she's like walked and been at market and been carrying farmer shit and she just puts on a nice dress and goes out and like everybody's like she turned into a beautiful princess that night and i'm like i like like how everyone you know how you like 
you don't take out the garbage for long enough, you know, and then you just, or you're in the house and it kind of smells, but you don't really realize. And then you leave and you come back and that garbage is still there. You're like, holy fuck. Everyone's just in a yes. constant state of not smelling it anymore. It's just gone. Yeah. Everyone just fucking stinks all the time. So yeah. everyone's just used to it. It's yeah. gotta be. And they used a shit ton of perfume as well. They just put perfume on perfume on perfume in between their monthly bath. Yeah, well, this event must have smelled like shit because it was attended by farm workers <laughs> and laborers. This was an event yeah. for, like, the, you know, working class, right? But occasionally. Plus, sorry, it's in Erdington, so obviously it smells. Keep going. <laughs> <laughs> no offense if there's any listeners from Erdington, but your town smells like shit from the word. I'm sorry. I, I can't. decided I even... that your town yeah. smells like shit. To this day, it still <laughs> smells like shit there, as do all of you. Yeah. Sorry. Uh, occasionally, one of the children of the more prominent families would attend these events at the the, uh, the Tyburn house. So in this occasion, it was 24-year-old Abraham Thornton, son of a local man who owned a building company for which Thornton was a bricklayer. Now, here's the thing that is confusing to me. Thornton is spelled Thornton and should be pronounced Thornton. Every single thing that I listened to on this pronounced it Thornton. Is the N silent? Is it Billy Bob Thornton or is it Thornton? Because it looks like Thornton. It's like maintenance. Is it maintenance? Or you you get my point. I don't know what I'm probably doing it wrong. Um, it's Thornton. The N's like quick. Thornton. Thornton. So... Like it's there, but it's quick. Thornton. But it's pronounced Thornton. I, I have to pronounce Thornton. I'm sorry. I can't not. You could do it. You could do it. I'm I'm okay with you doing Thornton. Whatever. Fuck these guys. You know how hard it is to pronounce names and pronounce everything correctly? I have such a hard time. I just say it five times and then fuck it up and then move on. <laughs> so Thornton it is. <laughs> okay. So uh, like I mentioned, Thornton was a bricklayer at his father's company. And wouldn't you know it, young Thornton fancied Mary Ashcroft, grubby farm girl turned beautiful princess in white for the evening. Uh, okay so initially when i looked into this story i saw the court sketchings of thornton and i was like why in the sweet fuck would marry a woman who everyone described as being very pretty and very popular with suitors have the slightest interest in this bowl cut having shrek faced bundle of bitch blubber but then i discovered that he came (laughs) from money so i get it now and like Taste or taste? You know, heart wants what the heart no. wants. Sometimes, no. okay, money. No, this man looked like Christian. <laughs> the smell and the smell, which we know because it's Erdington. <laughs> All of Erdington smells like birthable vagina taint pus. Okay, <laughs> fuck you now. All right. So uh, (sighs) allegedly when she starts catching the eyes of the other men at the party, Thornton uh, told his friends that he knew her because he had already smashed her sister three times. (gasps) And he proclaimed that before the night, he would sleep with her even if he had to die for it. So weird. Why would you want to sleep with your someone you slept with sister? Such a weird like family bingo. (laughs) I guess it's, it's Thornton. There's only a few girls that don't smell absolutely trash. And the, the, her family sounds like maybe they don't smell because he had sex with one of them. He's like, maybe this girl doesn't smell too. Mm. Well, class act <laughs> all around. 
absolute dog from the sounds of it, but he denied ever having said this later. So Mary would go on to spend the evening dancing and partying with Thornton, as well as her friend Hannah and Hannah's partner, Benjamin Carter. At around midnight, Hannah decided that she wanted to leave. And Mary allegedly asked for just one more dance with her new rich beau. And Hannah was pretty chapped about this, as you can imagine. Mm-hmm. What so, kind of music is playing in behind them right now? Is like a fiddle? Like what would be the like? Oh, I need another dance. Yeah, like, like I, a I bond dance. Yeah. <laughs> I would assume yes, exactly that. Okay, I'm just trying to put, get myself in the 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 mindset of a 17 late 1700s early 1800s barn dance i would reckon everything was a barn dance it was a farm town so mm-hmm. swing your partner around and round. <laughs> <laughs> maybe not like that because it's the uk <laughs> i can't english do a, barn dance i can't do a british accent otherwise i would they sound <laughs> english when they sing anyway or like not english but like american okay so benjamin carter had promised to walk hannah home So he, I don't know, gets their coats or some shit. And he meets Hannah outside. Uh, On his way outside, he says to Mary and Thornton, hey, we're going. Like, come on. And then, of course, Mary's like, no, just one more dance. Because she sucks. (laughs) Let's go. Your sister let me fuck her a lot sooner than this. Come on. Just one more (laughs) dance. Just one more dance. So about 20 minutes later, Mary and Thornton join them. And they, they begin the walk towards Hannah's home. So they reach a fork in the road near Hannah's home and Hannah leaves to walk the rest of the way by herself and Benjamin leaves to return to the dance because he was just walking her home. Nice dude. Some reports say this was like a boyfriend. Other reports say it was a neighbor. I think this was more of a a family friend that was doing her a favor, not not a boyfriend kind of thing. And Mary asks Thornton to walk her to her grandfather's house, which is where she was staying for the night. Because I guess, you know, this seven miles back to the farm or whatever the fuck is too long. So no one really knows what happened this time during this time after they leave together. But at 4 a.m., Mary returns to Hannah's home to collect her work clothes that she'd left there and leave her nice dress so it doesn't get wrecked at her uncle's house because she doesn't store her clothes there, I guess. And Hannah was like, what the fuck? Like, where have you been since midnight? Why do you still have your nice dress on? And Mary told her that she'd spent the last four hours with Thornton sitting together in a romantic field, talking about life and love and the future. And uh, Hannah later said that Mary looked well put together. She seemed to be in a great mood. Her dress was in fine condition. So no signs of any kind of struggle or anything like that. She seemed happy. Mm. Not Nice romantic field will do that to you. A romantic field. <laughs> yeah, I don't, I don't get that, man. Like, there's bugs everywhere, and I feel like you get bitten if you sat in the grass mm-hmm. with people. Does that not happen? Yeah, and the UK, especially if it's in the country, UK, it's real swampy, like mm-hmm. boggy. Rains a lot. So, yeah. 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 And that was actually a factor in this case, too. I don't know. It sounds like some bullshit to me, but whatever. It's it's basically Thornton's version of events that ends up being reported on more, like, collected more than this brief interaction. But either way, the point is, she was fine at Hannah's house. So she leaves Hannah's house just slightly after 4, like 4.05. And that's all we hear from her. So at 6.30, the same morning, about two hours later... Laborer George Jackson finds bloodied woman's clothes 
while he's clearing some brush in relation to whatever his work is basically he was like his job like his career was in munitions but then he's doing like odd jobs because this was like after the napoleonic war like there just wasn't work for him so he's clearing out brush and he finds this pile of women's clothes with blood on them Mm. so he goes and he reports this to the police right away and a search of the area was carried out now this was carried out by some police officers but it's mostly just locals they were flagging down men on their way to work to help yeah a lot of the time especially in a countryside like that from my research in the 1800s the police were only around police was like a new enough thing i think 1750 was the first ish around was the first police force in london so i imagine they didn't really have police they just always went around in posses to go figure shit out right yeah yeah so i guess they had like a post or something nearby that did have like a couple officers that did shit for because they are right in between chester and london right yeah and i don't even know if those would have been officers or like military like they would have been like soldiers you know what i mean like knights yeah so they're whatever the authorities (laughs) there's not a lot of them there is you know it's it's mostly like i said men on their way to work for the 7 a.m shift they're getting flagged down to help with this Mm -hmm. so uh at the scene footprints of a man and a woman and traces of blood were found which led to a flooded sand pit and near the end of the trail they discovered a small pool of blood now george said this was a quote lake of blood as wide as my outstretched hand so his hands must be fucking huge whoa (laughs) that's a lot okay sandworms (laughs) tremors (laughs) tremors oh my god kevin bacon that's my mom one of my mom's favorite movies she loves it i hate that movie yeah me too The flooded pit was dragged by a group of men, like I said, that had been on their way to work, that did stop to help them. And they ended up pulling out the body of Mary Ashford. And she was immediately recognized by several of the locals. She was friendly. She was always at market. Everybody recognized this girl. She lit up the bog. She lit up the the sand dune. (laughs) She pulled out. (laughs) Everyone noticed her. Am I doing the light up the room part at the wrong spot? Um, no. She's okay, probably good. the nicest corpse they'd ever found. She's probably cleaner than half the pot dead. That's what I was she about was to say. Water. She's been in the water, so she's she's had a bath, so she would smell the best. God damn, this corpse smells great. <laughs> <laughs> oh, she's so fresh. <laughs> so fresh. Poor, poor girl. Poor girl, though. It's uh, yeah, unfortunate. Poor Mary. You're so happy a couple years or, or a couple hours earlier. Now you're like. Getting dragged out by probably horses and shit. You know what I mean? Like, fuck. Yeah. Oh, Mary. Yeah. (laughs) So, yeah, she's recognized and people identify her right away. And the officers, whatever authorities that were there, basically asked the closest neighbors nearby, their names were the Lavelles, if they could transport the body there. As there's no local hospital, there's no precinct, there's no nothing like that. And of course, the Lavelles are like, yeah, no problem. And this seems like a very, like, weirdly under-acknowledged part of the 19th century and, like, the country life, where if you happen to be the closest house to a murder scene, you get to be, like, the body hotel for a bit until the doctor shows up to do an autopsy on your dining room table. Like, yeah, it's underreported, but I think it was pretty normal, too. Like, I don't think that was would be shocking for the people that were there. They'd just be like, wipe off the table, get on, on there. 
I just feel mm. like it's under acknowledged. Like, why is this the first time that I've ever actually heard about this? I'm like 30, man. Yeah, no, that, I, I guess that makes sense. Cause you know, we don't talk about that enough about mm. like oh, the way, like a lot of things change and we just think things are the same, but like, no man, no, like, so lots of things change. We kind of forget. We don't talk about it enough. No, medi- m- medical science back then was like, they were still real. Like they were still using a lot of, like witchcraft basically for sure and you know leeches and doctors were creepy they were they weren't like well respected members of society like us they were like that creepy guy likes to dig at the corpses <laughs> yeah. yeah like and it was all trial it was all trial and error like it was like okay so you, you've got a headache here take these lead tablets and yeah. <laughs> let's, let's see how it works oh shit you died oh sorry we won't yeah, do that like again. Quicksilver, right? They like give that a lot, just mercury. Like, thanks mm-hmm. for the fucking heavy metals. Wicked. Yeah. <laughs> Fuck. Okay, hopefully, we're ha- hoping to have kids because that they ain't coming out right. <laughs> well, most of the kids died anyway. That's true. Yeah. Okay. So, uh, the people who discovered the body assumed that Mary had been raped and beaten before she was murdered based on bruises they found on the body. Now, there's obviously no blood on her. She's been in the water. Uh, she was partially clothed, very partially clothed. And there were a lot of bruises, especially on her arms, like about her neck and shoulders. I think that would be the assumption, like anyone should have made, even if she didn't have bruises. You know what I mean? Like, Another one ripe to killed, like, or whatever, like, you know what I mean? Like, Tuesday, it's Tuesday. Probably true. Although this was a pretty small area, so. Oh, I guess that's true. It's not like They probably hadn't had a ton of sex yes. homicides. Yeah, I forget that it's not the city. It's the country. Yeah, so the only evidence they really found was the bloody clothes, the trail of blood, and footprints at the scene. Like I said, one belonging to a man and one belonging to a woman. And on site, like on the scene, they compared the footprints to one of the shoes that they found in the pile of clothes, and it was a perfect match. So it was definitely her that was there. Macabre Cinderella. No joke. So the inquiry into her whereabouts the previous night obviously led them back to Abraham Thornton, who was promptly arrested at about 8 a.m., so an hour and a half after they found the body. So they worked pretty quick. Yeah, that's good for that that time. Yeah, they they were boots on the ground right away, heading back to like, okay, so you know who this girl is? Where was she last night? She was at the public house. Okay, I go to the public house. Who was she dancing with last night? This fucking guy. So yeah. Plus, Gosh, there's seven that. houses to check. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> it's not like they just That's yeah true. up to like each house and then they found the guy. No problem. Yeah, there's like five men in the entire town. <laughs> Okay, so Thornton's version of events was that the two had spent the night together climbing fences and sitting in the grass and talking before it got late enough that Mary needed to go to get her work clothes because she had to be at work. Well, she had to be at the farm to take the shit to market or whatever. And so he says he walked her to Hannah's house and waited for her outside. But when she didn't come back out within literally like two minutes, he was like, all right, fuck this and just left to walk home so he could get ready for work. She's usually a speed walker. She'd be faster than that. <laughs> two minutes is too much time. I yes. see my baby walk. These women are gabbing. I don't have time for this. Uh, so he says he arrives home about 5 a.m. And I think it's worth noting at this point that 
like I said before, Hannah didn't notice Mary's white dress was ragged, like she'd been climbing or sitting in dirt or that they'd had any kind of an altercation. And there was blood found on her clothes. So it was obviously after this that it happened. Mm. So the police collected Thornton's clothes and found that there was blood on only one item, which was his undergarments. Ew. Yes. The smell. (laughs) When he was presented with this evidence, Thornton claimed now that uh, it was because he and Mary had had consensual sex right in a field the night before. And the blood was presumably from her losing her virginity. That was basically the only evidence that they found, aside from the the police com- comparing the shoes that they found from Thornton's outfit to the prints at the scene, and they found them to be a perfect match right down to an oddity with one of the nails in the sole of the shoe. So, ding, 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 this guy fucking raped and killed her. So, it would seem. Well, it's... The best of your like abilities back then. Like, what else do we have? They didn't have much, you know. They're at least they're investigating. Usually, be like blood, blood, jail, hang. Some people actually cite this as the first real use of footwear forensics. Huh, that's good. That's cool. Interesting. So, uh, the doctor who came and completed the autopsy on the Lavelle's dining room table found duckweed and water in Mary's stomach. Uh, he believed that she was alive when she was submerged and her cause of death was likely drowning. Oh, no. He also found that Mary was on her period, which would explain how that much blood got on Thornton's undergarments if they had indeed <laughs> had sex. True. The guy was got snailed. He was probably he probably didn't even penetrate. He was probably they're probably just dry humping in a field. Uh, they definitely was there was penetration for sure. Okay. The lacerations that the doctor found inside Mary's vagina were consistent with forced penetration. Yeah, that's not good. And like I said, Hannah didn't notice any blood on Mary's clothes at all when she was at her house. So Yikes. Lastly, he found her stomach to be completely empty of food, meaning that she hadn't eaten anything in at least the last 24 hours. During which time, remember, she'd walked like a couple dozen kilometers. She would have probably been very weak and unable to fight back if he decided to attack her yeah do you think this is and this is a real question it sounds like it's not but it is do you think there's like the self-consciousness of this late like do you think she just didn't eat because she wanted to fit into that dress that night yeah she just starved herself yeah. yes yeah they weren't obviously they weren't hurting for food at home they were farmers they made their own food right so that's true yeah she could have eaten i think it was just like she wanted to be slim in the dress also she was just really busy because she had to get to this party there guaranteed was food there too i assume it was just a she was 20 you know yeah yeah but i mean maybe she just didn't eat because it's british food well i mean well hold up (laughs) what about the jack the ripper victim that walked around eating a potato and foil there's always potatoes there's always potatoes, but I mean, no, you it wasn't just get foil. It was a rag, potato yeah, in a rag. She, she had potato for sure. She potato in a rag. Apparently, was, I didn't even talk about it really, but apparently they they have dudes that like sold potatoes on the street. Potato cart. Yeah, you just buy a potato, buy potato. Anyways. Hot potatoes. <laughs> get your hot potatoes here. Okay, so. Basically, what prosecutors believed happened was that Thornton had waited for Mary to leave Hannah's house, knowing that he'd run out of time to try to coerce her to have sex, where he planned to ambush her in a less visible area as she walked to work. And due to her weakness from not eating, 
Uh, Mary most likely lost consciousness during the attack. And in a panic, Thornton had thrown her into the pond, either because he believed she was already dead or because he was unable to threaten threaten her into keeping quiet because she was unconscious. Oh, so he thought she was dead because she probably passed out. So he freaked. Yeah, that's one of the theories. Because murder wasn't part of his thing, right? I mean, rape most likely was, given the kind of guy that he was, but... He'd never killed anybody before. And as far as we know, he's never killed anybody since. I feel like if you're like, he's a rich guy, you said too, right? His dad owns a business. So he's he's like upper middle class. He's not even rich, right? It's the country. Yeah. He's just more, has more money than everybody else. I just feel like that's like, a, I'm the rich kid. So I'll just throw in the ditch and no one's going to say anything, you know? But I yeah, mean, it's like saying... Ethan, what's his face? Couch. The guy yeah. that was like, I'm Ethan Couch. I can get I can get you out of this. Do you know who I am? Maybe. I don't know about that. I actually I genuinely think this was panic for one reason or another that he killed her. Yeah, absolutely. I don't know. Maybe maybe back then, maybe it's different, but like if you're not calculated enough, like you can't sit through an interrogation and get a- away with something. I don't think nowadays, probably maybe back then, but nowadays, if you did it and you just feel bad and you're trying to keep a secret, I don't think you could fucking keep it in they would get it out of you interrogation isn't was not what it is now yeah no i uh, guess you're nah, right. that's not. also british cops can't possibly be intimidating hip 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 <laughs> you like my big hat i don't know how to do a fucking accent i can't do it that's that's pure poppycock that's poppycock cheerio <laughs> <laughs> oh my god <laughs> tally ho I don't know, man. He gave one version of events, then he gave a different version of events, and I'm pretty sure, like, the police were just kind of like, okay, whatever. Like, to us, the case seems relatively strong. Yeah, that's what I am. It apparently wasn't strong enough. Okay. Wow. Well, with money and uh, time period, where you are, it's not hard to pay off people. I don't think. I think it would be easy to get away with a lot of shit, shed money. Potentially, but I don't think he had to. At least not anybody in the courtroom. The witnesses okay. were actually the the big factor here when it came to getting a conviction. Uh, okay. That definitely didn't play in the favor of the prosecution. According to witnesses, Mary was seen on Bell Lane, which is the the road that goes to her home, at 4.15. That's different than Mary Bell Lane. I don't want to go down that fucking place. Oh, no, nobody wants to go there. <laughs> Okay, yeah, so Mary was seen on Bell Lane at 4.15 a.m. and then again by someone else at 4.25 alone, walking. Now, uh, this would give Thornton plenty of time to attack her between 4.25 and, let's say, 6. But three witnesses, different witnesses, identified Thornton was alone at 4.30 a.m., walking several miles from the crime scene. I'm having a hard time with this with, with another case because, like, how good were timepieces? Like, will people be fucking up time all the time? Like, if you forgot to wind it, or are you corroborating your time with someone? Like, nowadays, it's a fucking on your satellite from to your phone. So, yes, you get the proper time when you look at it. But if you look at your watch and didn't wind it, or it's kind of winding down, how do you know you actually saw them at that specific time? That seems too specific for me. Yeah, I mean, part of that is that, like, this is a farm town, so they have, like, really good internal clocks and circadian rhythms and shit based on, like, when they get up to start doing chores, what time the rooster crows, all this other shit, where the sun is, you know, they they go by a variety of factors, but even then, I mean, the times can't be consistent, and furthermore, 
a witness accounts can't necessarily be consistent in general for a lot of reasons people can lie people can you know falsely remember different things but in this case i mean these witnesses are essentially all that exonerates him yeah see i don't trust the time thing because like a difference of 15 minutes is a difference of two miles you know or three miles or whatever fucking how long it takes to walk so like if you your clock was just off by a half an hour even then like i mean his home is far away from the crime scene like okay. quite far there was a map in one of the things i read and yes if somebody had seen him there at 4 30 it's literally impossible for him to have been anywhere near the scene of crime scene of the crime i'm interested the time thing trips me up because i don't know how it's bullshit it's just it's it's factually untrue his footprints were confirmed at the scene where she was murdered exactly yeah I guess that's circumstantial. Like, okay, well, maybe he was there, but what if he was just there? Okay, fuck off, right? It was Johnny next door wearing my boots. Sure it was. Yeah, they didn't even play it like that, man. It was literally just like the witnesses were all that matter, which I mean, I guess I get, because like I said, if this is the first use of forensic footwear, before this, all crime was pretty much just what witnesses had to say about it. It's so true. maybe that's all they ever learned to trust at the time. And they're like, yeah, this this newfangled fucking shoe imprint bullshit. That seems like fake, like witchcraft shit. Like it's, you know. Yeah. Like, mm. Witch. No, but witch. I but look, the shoe, the shoe fits the actual <laughs> thing. No, no, you're a witch. witch. How did you know that shoe would fit? <laughs> like, I don't know. I just tried it. Witch. Like, or like Irish. <laughs> you're Irish. <laughs> you're not smart. <laughs> Shut up, you dumb Irish. You dumb Mick. I said Mick on the show. Is that okay? I went too far. I think so. I'm okay. not. Yeah. Yeah. We're... It's fine. <laughs> Yeah, like it was determined by following the timeline that not all of these could have been correct, right? Based on the distances between the sand pit and where they were both seen. So at least some of this witness testimony was false. So it couldn't prove anything one way or another, but that didn't matter. At trial, the jury was instructed to ignore the sexual component of the crime at all and just focus on the murder itself. Did you see the dress she was wearing? She was asking for it. Don't even listen to this. I think that was part of it too, but they were like, well, only one of them's alive and they're saying it's consensual. So let's just call it consensual sex. Oh God. But the jury found Thornton to be not guilty with six minutes of deliberation. They didn't even leave the room. They just six minutes and they were like, no, he couldn't, he couldn't have done it. He didn't have enough time. And the only thing that indicates that is the witness statements. Wow. Wackadoo. I don't even know what a British jury would have looked like back then is it like a jury of your peers or is it a (laughs) definitely (laughs) they would have stunk and they would have had about six teeth between them but it would have been a bunch of aristocrats or it would have been like all the the, would they've gathered up random people or would have been just like six of your buddies like who the fuck gets put on a jury back then it absolutely would have been all men Mm -hmm. there's no way there would have been women as it should be. <laughs> All right, settle down. The best part of the queen dying. Finally, a guy's in charge. Just oh, kidding. God. <laughs> follow the line of the crazy Charles. Uh, you know, all the Charles have been fucking. Just kidding. Insane. They should abolish these fucks. Yeah, I learned a lot on private dicks about the royal family and who they are and stuff like that. And I didn't know anything before, so I wouldn't have given a shit before. But now that I actually know things. 
from yeah. listening to RJ's Princess <laughs> Die episode, I'm kind of like, ah, fuck. <laughs> so uh, he's acquitted. He's found not guilty. But this was a different time in a lot of ways, mostly shitty ways. And in one of those ways was that double jeopardy was not a thing. Which uh, means if you could pay mm-hmm. for it to happen again, you could just keep on bringing him to trial for it. What wow. is murder for 100, Celeste? Was that the question? That's an answer. Oh, you're answering that. No, I'm playing. I'm playing Jeopardy. Right. That's not the answer. Okay. I didn't ask the question, but that's not the answer. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So Who William. Is- William for 500 Celeste. It's not the 500 is part of the selection <laughs> and not the answer. Can I get early 1800 murders for 500 Celeste? <laughs> no, obviously not. <laughs> you done? Who is William? Doesn't she have to give you the answer to the question? <laughs> da, da, da. Anyway, sorry. Go, go. I'm, Isn't that I'm how sorry. Jeopardy works? I've da, never da, da. watched it. We don't have Jeopardy in Australia, so. Sorry, Aussies. We'll do the, I'll, next time I'll do a game that you guys play, like fucking the kangaroo bounce or something. I don't know fucking weird game shows you guys have. Jump inside of the kit. Jump if, inside uh, of the, the belly survivor. of the kangaroo. Oh, yeah, Survivor. It's always Survivor. Support comes from the History's Trainwrecks podcast that focuses on stories like a temper tantrum that changed history, the president who promised not to run again and regretted it for the rest of his life, the World War II general who lost his pants on a secret mission in enemy territory. The History's Trainwrecks podcast, available now. Okay. All right. So, (laughs) yes, William Ashford, Mary's brother, was pissed as all hell about Thornton being found not guilty which is fully understandable. So he rallies together the residents in Erdington and the surrounding area that knew Mary and collected enough money to file an appeal, which would result in a second trial. Uh, Now, like I said, obviously that's double jeopardy. That wouldn't fly today. But in 1817, it was fully legal. So Thornton gets summoned back to court and he brought with him a stupid looking white leather mitten with like a long tassel on it. Which he defiantly flings to the floor in front of him, demanding from Lord Ellenborough, the adjudicator overseeing the court, a trial by battle. If the glove doesn't fit, you must acquit. Is that the right trial? <laughs> no. <laughs> You've already done that story, Richard. <laughs> he came in and was like, I want to fight now? This is awesome. I love yeah. this. This is cool. So he comes in, right he down. throws down his mitten, and he says... I want a trial by battle. Quote, I am not guilty and I will defend myself with my body. Nice. Imagine how cool that would be if you could do that now. Like, imagine fucking Richard Ramirez was like, hail Satan, I'm fighting to the death. And everyone's like, sure, man, (laughs) let's fucking do this, you piece of shit. And then he just gets his head bashed in by the mountain, just pop his eyeballs. I don't know. I think after the neighborhood, he would, he knows he would lose. So, yeah. That's true. Fucking Ed Kemper. Oh yeah, Ed he threw Kemper down was... a glove. He would have been acquitted real fucking fast. Oh yeah, ain't nobody uh, fighting that guy. Uh, Not just, at all. Just eating the corpse till this doesn't happen. Just fucking the face of the corpse. Yeah, exactly. Done. Cutting off the head. Oh. And sticking, sticking it. <laughs> oh. Oh, I'm man. an innocent man. Man, that's cool. See, like some stuff like that, I don't want to see it ever again. 
trust because it's not civilized at all. We're, we've moved past it. But like, man, they used to deal some justice. Like that is fucking cool. I think that's cool. Mm-hmm. I don't wouldn't want to live with through that. Eye for an eye. Well, only if you lose. Yeah, only if you yeah. lose. You could just <laughs> fight for your free. You could do a bunch of illegal shit. Just go like, I'm fighting for it. I'm like, okay, either you die right now or you fucking get to keep doing the crazy shit you've been doing. Let's do this. It's not cool, but I mean, it's cool. Well, Lordy was like, yeah, okay, cool. No worries. Let's do it. Let's do the second trial. Let's do trial by battle. And so Ashford at this point is given the opportunity to pick up the stupid leather mitten, uh, formerly known in trial by battle as the gauntlet. Yes, throw another gauntlet. So picking up the mitten would, picking up the gauntlet would mean that you accepted the trial by battle. So essentially the premise of the trial by battle is that Thornton is willing to defend his plea with his life. And if he dies, God will welcome him and welcome him into heaven as an honest man. Um, and he will be found guilty on earth. If he lives, uh, God will forgive him for killing his accuser and it makes him innocent on earth. It's, it's, it's stupid. And a trial by battle doesn't always result in death. Basically, it's a challenge that lasts from sunrise to sunset on a certain day. And all you have to do is outlast it. All you have to do is just make it through. And if you do, you're not guilty. If you don't, you're guilty, uh, which makes perfect sense. How could an innocent man ever lose a fight? And how could a guilty man ever win one? Yeah, not not if God's watching. Exactly. Well, that wasn't even really a part of it. It was more just like, like the God thing doesn't really play into it. It was is like a stamina thing. I don't know. Only innocent innocent men have the stamina to see. It was cool until they made it stupid. Like that's stupid. Like an innocent man is the only one who's got this endurance to last through my. No, I'm a fucking murderer, and I kill people for a living. I will fucking kill you. Like that's what. Yeah. Well, exactly. So Ashford was like, "Fuck no." <laughs> He was a murderer. He has a murdering advantage. He's murdered yeah. before, and you're setting me up for a loss, and I paid good money for it. This is horse shit. Not to mention Thornton is a bricklayer. He's also a pretty big guy, much bigger than William, by all accounts. And, of course, Thornton's going to be well aware of this right from the first trial because he would have seen William there, and he probably had planned for this eventuality. And, like, you know what? Whatever. If they try to bring me back, I'll just throw down the fucking gauntlet. No one's going to fight me. Okay, so can you, like, pick a champion? Like Game of Thrones style? Can you be like... You can if you are a woman, a minor, or a member of the clergy. Wait, wait, wait a second. They're going to kill kids? They're just going to fucking kill the kid if he gets... Like, my dad's going to fight for me, but if he loses, I die? No, you're just guilty. Or guilty, whatever. Huh. Oh. But you can if you're, if you're an able-bodied man, you cannot get... Trial by combat can also lead to other things too, like civil matters. People can be like, my neighbor's fucking fence is on my side of the thing. I want to fight them to the death. And then they can just go and do trial by combat for that instead of doing like a civil proceeding. Okay, maybe I just need a better understanding then. So trial by death doesn't necessarily always mean you're fighting to the death. You have to last from sunrise to sunset. If you are still alive as of sunset, you are not guilty. So if you just run away. What if both of them are still alive? Well, it's in a confined space that you have to stay in. Oh, okay. So it's not like you can just be like, catch me if you can. That's what I would have done. Go hide under a table. (laughs) Well, I mean, if they'd eaten enough potatoes that day, they could just like run laps around for 12 hours, I guess. That's true. Yeah, exactly. All the the, um, carbs. Like the purge, basically, but just with one guy. You have 12 hours. 
yeah i don't know maybe these people might have just used this for an excuse to fight each other without having to deal with like <laughs> misdemeanors you know what i mean yeah for sure it's cool okay i still like it i'm still on board it's not a it's... drunken brawl if it's trial by combat yeah now here's a beer let's do this exactly <laughs> Even, like, failing to pick up the gauntlet, William loses the appeal, and ultimately the case is unsolved to this day. And naturally, the prosecution threw an even bigger fit about this than William did. They're like, this is bullshit, that this man can defend his innocence in the murder of the sister by murdering the brother. That's fucking stupid. Which is true. I guess nobody had ever brought up this point before. See, this is where dropping the gauntlet gets weird. (laughs) You're right, that's true. You just kill everyone in the family and it's over. But that's only true if he was found not guilty the first time, right? I mean, if you're found guilty the first time, there is no appeal where you can be like, well, I want a trial by combat. They'll just be like, no, fuck you. Yeah. Okay. So Thornton was so despised after this that he ended up leaving the country and fleeing to New York, uh, which actually took him two attempts. Uh, The first time he boarded the ship and word spread that he was on board and the other passengers demanded he be removed or they would get their money back and return to the dock. And the crew had no choice but to remove him from the ship before it left. <laughs> Stay on the ship. I throw my gauntlet. I'm like, this doesn't work everywhere you go, fuckhead. Probably. Um, but the second time he, I don't know, kept his head down. He was a fake name. I don't know. What happened after that isn't really documented. Allegedly, he got a job in New York and started a family and lived a normal life till the end of his days. What year did you say this was when he moved to America? Do you know? Uh, this would have been 1818. Early America. So I thought it more than a little odd that this story is so well documented given the time period and that the murder was not sensational in any way it was a very common sexual homicide but as it turns out part of the reason that it became very famous was it was the last case ever in which trial by battle was approved by the courts all right and they used the term quote private prosecution when they described trial by battle (laughs) Yeah. <laughs> instead us rich uh, i don't think you guys should be able to fight for this us rich people decide if you guys live or die okay okay like, <laughs> it's so like it, it, all of it's ridiculous right like both of them both those old systems trial by combat or like the aristocratic class deciding how this is going to end up going like none of it's fair so i find that early i'm surprised that the trial by combat is gone I, like i figured that would be like Wild West or something, right? Where they'd be like, 10 paces at dawn. Well, this was the UK, right? I mean, America, oh, it was yes, probably yeah. way later, as it always yeah. is with everything sensible and civil. Even though it wasn't carried out, it was the most sensational part of the case. And trial by battle, as well as the right to criminal appeal or double jeopardy, uh, was abolished the following year in 1819. But to this day, people still attempt to demand trial by combat in the UK. It doesn't work. But it's always fun. <laughs> Apparently there was a case in 2012 of a man who demanded trial by combat for a traffic ticket. Yeah. I oh, saw my God. I, I I saw somebody with the fu- he challenged the court, like the, the other guy to sword fight or some shit in America. Did you see that? Are you going to bring that up? Because oh I, I heard God. that. But I yeah, saw I that saw, too. Yeah. Some fucking guy was like, I have swords. We will, can just sword fight. Like, no. What are you talking about? <laughs> This is 2018 or some shit. Like, are you serious too? Yeah. That's, is it still like in the law books? Is that why people try that? Like, is it still? No, no, it's fully abolished, but people still will try it. 
but I mean, like some stuff just has remnants of old laws that just don't get erased. You know what I mean? So no, no. In huh. no way is it still at all legal. There are no loopholes that will allow it, but people don't know that. They're just like, you know, I heard that that's a thing that we do here. <laughs> you know what I learned in history class? <laughs> Trial by battle. That's so cool. Exactly. I've been watching Game of Thrones. Trial by battle. Like, this doesn't... Uh, one last fun fact in this case. The gauntlet, Thornton's stupid little mitten, was sold at auction in 2019 for about 12000 US dollars. What? Wow. Yeah, so that's cool. I wonder if Buddy who bought it just had like a bag of money and he threw it on the ground. (laughs) (laughs) He was 12 grand. (laughs) Throwing my gauntlet down. Yeah, that's kind of funny. It is quite pretty, the thing. It's it's like embroidered and like it has that stupid tassel thing on it. It's pretty, I guess, but I mean. Do you think they had it? Context is in the in the courthouse, like in a behind a pair, like a glass, like break in case of emergency. And they're just like. A gauntlet? Like was ev- yeah, was it everybody's gauntlet or was it his specific Everybody gauntlet? gets to pick their own gauntlet. Oh, wow. Oh, yeah. Fancy. You can fancy come throw gauntlet. down like whatever the fuck you want. Like throw down a baby and be like, I want trial by combat. <laughs> <laughs> okay, but when you're done, we're trying you for the baby. Don't worry. <laughs> no worries. I'll have another gauntlet by then. <laughs> he was dying of consumption. Leave Probably. him alone. Yeah. Oh, man. Uh, that's super interesting that... Uh, I'd be interested to see when the states got rid of that. Like Wild West would be my guess, like eighteen fifties, eighteen eighties. You know, like I, I'd be my guess on that. But yeah, I didn't look into it, but I, it was probably quite a bit later. Uh, there's probably some remnants in some states, like you were saying, that they could still do it if they wanted to. So it was probably like the last stone case was like the nineteen seventies, like a whole bunch of other shit. But that was an interesting true crime story but we're actually only half done here today folks ah something happened that brought the murder of mary ashford back into the spotlight exactly 157 years later to the day wow Mm. okay color me interested now i see where the twins are coming from i thought you wanted me to throw the twins on the ground and (laughs) And challenge me to trial by combat that's what i thought you wanted (laughs) not today On Monday, May 27th, 1974, 20-year-old, very lovely Barbara Forrest would be murdered and left in an overgrown ditch near an orphanage on Chester Road near Erdington. Erdington. Like Mary, Barbara was also murdered on Whit Monday. Now, for anybody who doesn't know what Whit Monday is, it's, it's a religious holiday. It's like called the Day of the Holy Spirit. It has some connection to Easter. I don't know, man. I didn't understand it, and religion is boring as shit, so sue me. I didn't look into it. The day that Barbara was murdered, she had spent the morning at church with her boyfriend for, I don't know, Whit stuff (laughs) and in the evening the two went out dancing and bar hopping before uh, her boyfriend simon belcher dropped her off at the bus stop to catch her bus home barbara was found eight days later on june 4th raped and strangled Mm -hmm. only 40 yards from where mary ashford had been found 157 years before wow the smell (laughs) is that gonna be like just your fucking thing now (laughs) just everything the smell Just this episode. Uh, Yeah. Legend has it they can still smell her to this day. (laughs) Barbara was a nurse and social worker at uh, an orphanage, just a stone's throw away from the murder site. 
and the investigation into her death involved almost 100 people in the local police. But the most mysterious part of the investigation was that no one had seen Barbara get on the bus or walking home from the bus stop. So police were initially operating on the theory that someone had used the thick trees in the area to wait in hiding and ambush her. But when no witnesses could remember seeing her anywhere between the bus stop and her home, they changed their thinking into someone she knew may have come across her at the bus stop and offered her a ride before they raped and murdered her. Yeesh. Are we sure it's not the orphans? No. Okay. Mm -mm. So despite their best efforts to find witnesses, they did come up empty until one witness reported seeing a blue vehicle parked on the road just beside the ditch where Barbara was found the night that she was murdered that'll usually do it barbara did know a man who drove a blue vehicle she knew him quite well and people who knew her were able to lead the police to a supervisor at the orphanage that barbara worked with oh dear this man's name was michael thornton get the fuck out of town oh no way was he wearing some like sissy gloves when they came in and investigate him (laughs) (laughs) he wasn't he was wearing a pair of pants with blood on them. Oh, motherfucker. <gasps> right so Thornton lived on Chester Road, which is where the body was found. But he told police that he was with his mother on the night of the murder and nowhere near any of the bars, the bus stop, or the crime scene. His mother confirmed his alibi, but it was later revealed that his mother was actually seen somewhere else at the time and was definitely not with Thornton. Yeah. Yeah, would you give your kid an alibi? Yes. Like, yes. Exactly. I think I think that's like just parent 101. Sorry, you got to do better than that. I'm not the one who's going to ju- like I'm not going to stop you if you come to arrest him, but I'm definitely not giving you hints. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Same with me. Yeah. I would be like if he did it, he did it, but I'm just I'm not just not going to help you. I'm not helping point. at all. I will so. be helping him or her. I don't even know if I'd be yeah. helping. I just I would just be like I'm just not going to I just won't yeah. be helping you. That's all. Just leave me be. Mm-hmm. So police searched Thornton's home and found a pair of pants with blood on them, at which time they arrested him and charged him with her murder, which seems a little bit quick and and just not right to me. There isn't really any evidence besides one person saying they saw a blue Ooh. car and there's there's more evidence though. There's more evidence though. He's a he's a grown ass man who lives with his mom. He doesn't live with his mom. That was the point. Oh. He lives on oh. Chester Road and she doesn't. I see. So he just oh. used his mom as an excuse. I thought he was at home with his mom. No, he was just partying with his mom on Whit Sunday. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> partying for Whit, mate. <laughs> Apparently a lot of people do that. That's a thing. WWWD. What would Whit do? <laughs> you w- said too many W's. God damn it. It's so hard to keep my straight W's. W's. So uh, in 1974, DNA was like just barely a figment of science at that point. And a bit of blood on his clothes couldn't be used to tie him definitively to Barbara in any meaningful way. But the prosecutors mistakenly believed they had enough to bring it to trial. The trial went for seven days, at which time the judge was like, all right, there is nowhere near sufficient evidence for this case. Jury, you must find this man not guilty. And sure enough, they did. They found him not guilty. Jesus. So, uh, like Mary, Barbara also had a sibling that went to bat for her. This time it was Barbara's sister, Erica. She demanded that they reopen the case years later after DNA became a pretty standard part of forensics. And like William Ashford, Erica was met with nothing but disappointment. 
the police told her that there was, quote, no further forensic opportunities to explore, but refused to answer when asked if the evidence, namely Thornton's bloody clothes, were lost. Yeah, see, I always question that, too, because, like, okay, I go to trial for murder. They have a bunch of blood on me. I get innocent, okay? It was on my shit, the blood. It was just, you found out whatever. You didn't know what the blood was from. They don't keep my shit after I just got innocent. Do they just chuck it out or I take it back with me or, you know what I mean? Like I've just got, I'm innocent now. So you're not going to keep all my shit in an evidence. It's mine. And you said I'm innocent. Yeah. The, the question was the DNA on it. That was more. I get, yeah, I, I, I don't know if they keep evidence for a case that's being closed. Like they found him not guilty. So do the they still keep the evidence closed. after that? It's unsolved. Oh, okay. But right. my point is, since it's him who it was on his clothes and he is the one who's considered innocent, do they just keep his clothes after because they considered him innocent? Do you know what I mean? They keep that evidence from him? Because... Yes. And I think that they do that because it can be used to exonerate them later on down the line because the investigation uh-huh. stays open as scientific breakthroughs are made, things like that. So uh-huh. I'm pretty sure anything that's collected as evidence remains in evidence. Hmm. Right. I'd fight that. I'd be like, I want my pants back. People do that all the time. <laughs> They're my favorite pants, man. I need them I back. I, okay. I got I got OxyClean or some shit to get off the stains. I don't give a fuck. I want my <laughs> pants back. Yeah. They should have had the pants is the point. But for yeah. whatever reason, is, they got rid There of is them. wit pants. He needs his wit pants. Yeah. I wear these once my a year. My wit best. <laughs> you have 364 <laughs> days to turn those pants to me. Or my mom's going to be upset. Mom! They have my wit pants. <laughs> Yeah, so I mean, because there was no sensational dual challenge, maybe this case is not well documented. The case of Barbara Forrest, it's not easy to find information, it's very short and very bitter. Uh, in fact, the only notable thing about this case, and the only reason that I think anybody knows about it at all, is the striking similarities between the murders of Mary Ashford and Barbara Forrest. There's similarities for sure. But I mean, if we went and looked at a bunch of different famous murder places, there's got to be some sort of similarities. The name is the big one for me, buddy. Well, name. there's more that we haven't discussed. As well. Oh, okay. I'll okay. get into some of yeah, the similarities yeah, sure. in more detail. So both women were murdered on Whit Mondays. Okay. So both times it was the 27th of May, 157 years apart. So this is probably pretty obvious, but holidays are categorized into movable and unmovable feasts. Unmovable feasts are dates like Christmas, New Year's, and the bullshit modern holiday of Valentine's Day. They will always be on the same date every year, regardless of the day of the week. Movable feasts are holidays like Thanksgiving, Mother's Day, and Easter. So this is Canada. It's different everywhere. But in Canada, Thanksgiving is the second Monday of October. Mother's Day is the second Sunday of May. And Easter Mm -hmm. is the first Sunday after April's first full moon. Do you guys have Thanksgiving, Christy? No. Yeah, and America does. It's just in November, right? Yeah. And your Mother's Day mm-hmm. and Father's Day is different in Australia, I believe. Yeah, um, Mother's Day is May here, but um, Father's Day is September. It's the first Sunday in September. So Father's Day is different, but Mother's Day is the same. Okay. Mm. Yeah, so I mean, it's, it's different, different places, but those ones, the movable feasts, basically it's very uncommon for it to occur on the same date. So just for example, in the last hundred years, I checked Whit Monday has fallen on May 27th four times. Right. Okay. Okay. That's a pretty big coincidence. (laughs) Pretty big one. 
Yeah. Uh, both women were murdered just outside Erdington on Chester Road. In fact, they were found 40 yards from each other. Another pretty big, uh, pretty big quinky dinky. You start adding those together. It's, it's getting weird. Okay. Both women were virgins that had been raped and left in ditches, one overgrown and one filled with water. Now, some sources say they were both strangled. I don't actually think Mary was strangled. I think the bruising around her neck and shoulders was from being held under the water. Held down. Yeah. Yeah. I was going to being a sleeper kink. She don't know, but choke me. She was into it. No, I don't. <laughs> no. Stop. First of all, don't stop that. And then <laughs> for context, I do believe that Barbara was a virgin. Her boyfriend was the son of a minister in the local church, which they were both extremely devoted to. They were very religious. Okay. Mm -hmm. A lot of people are like, well, no, she has a boyfriend. Like, she, there's no way she's a virgin. I genuinely believe, like, they're very religious. They they were probably not having sex. Loophole is the butthole. Well, either way. <laughs> Christy, you're supposed to laugh out loud. Don't don't hide. Don't um, shame laugh. Don't shame laugh. Oh, it just automatically <laughs> makes me think up the butt, no babies. It's like, oh god. I went to junior Should high with go... a couple kids that, that did that. They were they were like, we're virgins. Or like, she was like, I'm a virgin because we've only ever done it up the ass. And I was like, you're 14. Yeah, chill. Oh, God. Yeah. Anyway, both women were 20 years old. Now, there is no confirmation that the women were born on the same day. But many, many, many sources said that they were uh, nothing concrete. I think this is just to increase the dramatics of it all. Okay. It's lots of these going. It's making it weirder. In both cases, a man named Thornton went to trial for the murder, and in both cases, Thornton was acquitted. Both cases are ultimately unsolved. Yeah. None of them had any other suspects. Yeah, men getting off on sex crimes, though, is not, it's not really right. like a... That's, I feel like that could have happened. That could have been any guy's name, you know? Yeah, 157 years doesn't change that much. Yeah, not with that, anyway. It's gotten better, but not much. Yeah. Uh, in both cases, a sibling stepped up to get a retrial, and in both cases, they were shut down. So that's William Ashford and Erica. She may have been married, so her last name may not have been Forrest, but her. Yeah. Also, that I don't feel like is too much of a stretch for anybody who has like a, a sibling who is wrongfully convicted. There's somebody's going to jump up and try and help them. So like, I think not everybody, but I mean, a good portion of siblings yeah. do that, I think absolutely yeah uh both women had been out dancing the night before again not super uncommon i mean what was fucking you know who i'm talking about shit i can't remember her name kale platter murdered her T uh oh uh oh yes oh yeah it's, it's uh, escaping me oh i feel bad that i can't remember her name but i remember dude we did like 100 episodes like we're good yeah <laughs> can't remember anyway. everything more than a hundred. It's been a lot. Um, was there was there like fiddle music at the dance? Because that's a clincher for me. <laughs> like I said, I think so. Take your partner around and around. This time might have actually been, you know, might have been square dancing. Who knows? Take your partner around and around when you're finished. Did you say it was 1970s? It would have been disco. Uh, fiddle disco. Oh, Dying for alive. Barbara Forrest. No, it was club music. Yeah. It was yeah, yeah. Okay, lastly, though no photographs of Mary Ashford actually exist, the sketches show that she was similar looking to Barbara Forrest. They were both brunettes. They were both pretty. Uh, they do look alike. But I mean, a lot of 20-year-olds look alike. If if we had a photo and we could go beside, I, I would go on the side. But 
it's a drawing i'm sorry it's not yeah. the same okay so what everybody thinks is the most interesting part and i don't deny this i think this is an interesting part of it too both women were reported to say that they had sensed something bad was going to happen to them Mary Ashford said to Hannah Cox's mother that she had a bad feeling about the week ahead. And Barbara Forrest told a coworker, quote, this would be her unlucky, or this isn't part of the quote, this would be her unlucky month, quote, I just know, don't ask me why. Wow. Hmm. Witches. Burn them. Burn them at the stake. That's the funny part, too, like. They take away the trial by death, but they'll still fucking burn witches at the stake. Anyways, like, uh, such a weird time. Yeah. Witch, witch, 72. We were satanic panic then? No, that would have been later. Just wonder if they could just called her Satan. Devil worshiper. Mm-hmm. So this case is rife with theories in a few different capacities in regards to how Mary ended up in the water. There are camps that believe it was a, a body dump. Others believe it was the murder weapon. Others believe he put her in the water because he thought she was dead. Others that he was panicking. He couldn't keep her silent. Uh, And some people uh, in classic blame the victim. There's always one out there fashion. Uh, Mary actually killed herself by throwing herself in the water after having consensual sex with Thornton because she was so ashamed about being a ruined woman. Of course. Yeah. There's always that, I guess. <laughs> like, that's a possibility, yeah. but it's so fucking remote that it's stupid. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. That is stupid, but it's a somewhat popular theory, actually. Really? She's yeah. killed herself because she was so ashamed about going for the pink town instead of brown town for once. Huh. Yeah. But the interesting theories are more about the spooky coincidence coincidences in these cases in this these two cases right i mean there's not a ton of them but there's a a few that are good a popular one is that it was a copycat murder who was obsessed with the mary ashford case uh you know maybe even the witness that led them to thornton's car because of course they would want it to be a thornton that you know goes down Mm -hmm. for it yeah that that sounds way more likely than a lot of the other things that sounds like some crazy like historian like of the librarian mm. the town librarian do you know the story <laughs> of mary ashford yeah i mean it has some legs this theory uh nothing concrete obviously it, it's it's a very fun like halloween kind of story you know like uh there's also the reincarnation angle of it all right like mary was reincarnated as barbara and will someday be oh. reincarnated as another woman that will fall to the curse of the thorntons in erdington and uh, you know, spooky story, but kind of dumb. I like yeah. that one. I'm going with that. Yeah. yeah, I like, I like, I like this kind of stuff too. But it's you're right. It's it's asinine. 157 years difference. Who would even know? You know, what's the point? <laughs> what's the point of that? <laughs> like, well, I mean, we did know, right? This is like a whole underground like cult fascination. The twin murders. So were the Thorntons related? So he was from the same line of Thorntons, or was it just a coincidence that they had the same name? It was just a coincidence. I mean, obviously, wow. like all of Thornton's direct descendants would be in America. So oh, that's true. one thing. Yep. But I like they also weren't the same age. Uh, Abraham was 24 and Michael was, I can't really tell. I think he was in his 40s. Nobody ever says it's just based on the picture. Oh. He's like balding and stuff. So I think he's in okay. his 40s. But uh, there's also a, a belief in circles that take the, you know, they have the same birthday information as fact. 
that astrological influences of people born in similar conditions that share the same horoscopes are destined to lead similar lives. There's actually a really fun excerpt from a book called Incredible Phenomena by Peter Brooksmith. There's a chapter called Connection and Coincidence that talks about this murder and uses Queen Elizabeth I and Dame Edith Sitwell as an example. Uh, the two women were born on the same day, September 7th, 350 years apart. And the astrological arrangements or whatever were said to be very similar. And the two women were both born to parents that wanted boys. In fact, if you know anything about Queen Elizabeth I, Anne Boleyn was executed because she couldn't give the king's sons. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. Both of the women struggled with severe melancholia or depression for their whole lives. And both women never married. Uh, I, I think it's a bunch of bullshit, but it, it's interesting nonetheless. Yeah, it's cool to, to point out coincidence and stuff like that but at the end of the day man that's just coincidence like did she colonize america like there's so many other things <laughs> queen elizabeth did you know what i mean then just yeah. the seven things that are on that list like they don't match up fully like there's seven things that match up with me and you celeste that we could just figure out eventually if we just sat down and like listed out things that happened in our life we'd be like that happened to me too and then we'd figure out things <laughs> yeah yeah exactly so, I mean, that's really it for both stories and the theories and stuff like that. It's just, it's kind of fun, sort of a... I, the, I like it. The eerily mm. similar twin murders of, of Erdington. 157 years. It, it'd be more likely like a Batman villain, like the, the librarian coming in and being like, 157 years ago on Whit Monday is when <laughs> my favorite historical figure had his last gauntlet fight. Like, okay. Yeah. Yeah, I like that. I like the copycat angle of it all. I, I, some crazy obsessed like true crime dude was like, I want to replicate the circumstances of the murder of Mary Ashford. My, my word, you are an insane man. I find like the more we do these, the more similarities I find between cases that are already famous and out there, right? Like, but. We don't really talk about them much like Jack the Ripper, Axeman in New Orleans. And who is that other guy that wrote cryptic notes? There's a third guy we did. Tess fucking... Ritchie. Tess Ritchie. That's her name. Sorry. Go oh. on. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Poor Tess. Uh, like I find a lot of this shit has that already. The true crime stuff is just there's only so many ways you can kill someone and how motivations and stuff so you start to see like patterns developing but when it's big like that it's really interesting i i'd like to see someone like go 157 years before that and see if there's another one you know that'd be cool or like Ooh, that's a big ask 157 years before 1817 yeah that'd be like dark ages you'd be definitely called a witch you know you'd be definitely yeah. fucking <laughs> scared to i was not expecting it to be what you just said it was i was like oh she's bringing us a rape murder this guy fought to the i thought that the whole gauntlet thing was the, the thing like i thought that was going to be the the thing that made it interesting the the yeah the the, the, unethical. the unethical yeah the 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 thing yeah, yeah the twin murder part wasn't super unethical the gauntlet thing was more on our brand but i yeah, it's I don't cool. know. I thought that was wild when I was reading about the, the similarities between the two. I was like, ooh, that's spooky. Yeah, if the if the sister would have come in and thrown a gauntlet down, that would have been awesome. I wish. Like, when did she go back trying to get DNA testing? Like, 
1999, I think. Hmm. I wonder if she's she's like had her piece of it because that was 70. She'd be like 70 herself if she was in her 20s when this happened. You know, she'd be pretty old. I wonder if she's made her peace with this whole thing. Because if not, we could like petition, get the fucking DNA, figure it out, motherfuckers. Yeah, get the wit pants out, mate. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's almost wit Monday. All right, guys. Thank you so much for listening to another episode of Unethical Podcast. If you're not in the Facebook group, stop being such a silly goose and come find us at Unethical, the official unethical podcast group. If you find you just can't handle the anticipation until the next episode, then it's a great time to join our Patreon, where we have a ton of extra unethical content, and of course, our brother podcast, Private Dicks. And in case you didn't hear the good news, Private Dicks is now Public Dicks. Every two weeks, an episode of Season 1 will drop wherever you eat your podcasts, and our lucky Patreon patrons are literally living in the future, listening to new episodes from Season 2. On the fence about it? Have a listen to the trailer and see what you think. If you've got a case, big or small, give the private dicks a call. And yes, the phone number is real. Enjoy! Have you got a mystery that needs solving? Where is Amelia Earhart? We know. Who the hell was D.B. Cooper? Bah! Easy. Bermuda Triangle? Probably solve that one next. Here at Private Dicks, we guarantee a mystery solved every episode. That's with a capital G. Every second Friday, the Private Dicks take a client, record their session, and solve the world's greatest mysteries. One by one. Private Dicks solve them, no problem. God, I love just crushing mysteries. Search up Private Dicks on your favorite podcatcher, and you can solve a mystery too. The mystery of what's your favorite podcast? It's Private Dicks. Another one solved. If you have a mystery to be solved, call 1-855-PRVTDIX. That's 1-855-PRIVATE-DICKS. Call 1-855-PRIVATE-DICKS and leave us the rundown of the case. Maybe the dicks will solve it. It's 855-PRIVATE-DICKS. I'm straight when it comes to humans but fucking gay from old people.